It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is segment three, the final segment of this Tuesday edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders winners, 32-30-24. Boy, this COVID brain thing is real, Mo. I got to get it together. All right. Uh, 30-24, of course, on the Miracle Play, Chandler Jones with the interception slash really fumble return for a touchdown. By the way, Mo, that picture, the memes of Mac Jones getting run over <laughs> by Chandler Jones uh, is just phenomenal. Some of these people who have the time to make these memes all day long, it's really funny stuff. Yeah, I tried to promote the people on, on this show, but my guy DC4LTs, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Had, he had the T-shirt up, I think, within an hour. <laughs> Within an hour man. of the game, the T-shirt was already oh printed. It was selling. It's oh the best goodness. thing ever. I think. I think they're still scraping Mac Jones off the forty-four yard line, but it's all in good fun. It's all yes, in good fun. he got. And and the thing about it is, if he just had thrown his body at his legs instead of trying to make that awkward backward falling tackle, he probably would have stopped him. Um, right. And so it just goes to show you, he just wasn't prepared for it and didn't expect it. I think everybody was as shocked as we were on the field uh, as, 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 as he ran the ball all the way into the end zone there at Allegiant Stadium. But uh, anyway, a great ending for Raider Nation, one of the most iconic now in franchise history. It goes right up there up on the list. All right, Mo, we're going to get into everybody's favorite subject, the car wars. Uh, and we even have a new logo. If people are watching, dun, dun, dun. If you're watching on YouTube, you will see in your right-hand corner the Car Wars logo. Oh, yes, that's where we've gotten with this. Um, but I want to get it first. I want to touch on what you and I couldn't talk about last week because I was laid up uh, while you were doing the show by yourself, and that was we saw uh, Tashawn Reed do a report on Derek Carr's future. We also saw which questioned whether you know or not he could be back. Uh, we also saw Vinny Bonsignor, a friend over at the Las Vegas Review, Review Journal, do one as well that had in there saying that an NFL source thought that the Raiders might move away from him. It was a little more definitive coming from whatever his whoever his source was that the Raiders seem already m moving on from Derek Carr. Uh, and, and obviously those two stories came out on the same day. There was clearly something going on in conversations as journalists do. They have off the record conversations with people that lead to stories. Uh, sometimes they will either say they have anonymous sources or they will just go ahead and write a story like Tashawn did where he talked about the subject matter, including the money that'll be due Derek Carr, including the future of the team. Um, when you saw those two pieces drop last week, this coincided with something you tweeted as I was in between my my cough medicine stupor. I saw you tweet something about, hey, or it was your column in Sports Not. Excuse me, I got to give you more credit than that. You talked about, hey, this last four games for Derek Carr could be the deciding factor. It could be almost like an audition for whether or not he is certainly back next year. And then you see those two reports come right after your column. Um, when you look at this, and we'll, we'll talk about how Sunday's game factors in, but when you look at that, um, 
You had said for the last several weeks that Derek Carr would be back. I was in that boat, too, based on uh, what we know and what we've seen. Now, though, seeing these reports come out, seeing the fact that Carr, not all his fault yesterday or Sunday, but he certainly was not consistent again. It's been the problem for him all season long. Uh, have you moved at all on that? Do you now have a little more doubt that perhaps uh, Derek Carr could maybe be on his way out via, I think it would have to be a trade um, before the end of the Super Bowl uh, weekend because the Raiders would have to make the decision by then. Now, if you know me, you know I didn't move off my 10-7 and 7 season prediction <laughs> until the Raiders <laughs> lost that eighth game. So I'm not budging on my opinion until until it's, you know, I don't want to say clear to me, but until it's more clear to me that I feel like the Raiders are going to move on. Now, I read the reports from Deshaun and Vinny Bunsen. You're close to the organization, obviously, so they have their sources, and I'm sure they, not I'm sure, but they probably have similar people who've, talk to them but mm -hmm. we'll leave that alone but <laughs> I, I just right now i'm sticking to where i was and that's i think Derek carr is going to be back for year 10 only because i just feel like if even with the four game i don't want to even call it an audition i feel like there's a missing piece to this puzzle right now because we don't know where the raiders are going to draft and i think that mm -hmm. plays a big part in their decision on Carr. who's available who could be out with their team that may be on the move, you know? So I think all of that stuff matters. So there, there's still some moving parts there that we don't have the answers to yet. So I think until we have those answers, where the Raiders going to draft, who's going to be on, on available, who may be on the trade block. I think until that, until we get those answers, I'm sticking with Derek Carr gets to year 10. And also because I just feel like at, as of right now, if you're looking at the Raiders roster and you're saying, okay, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, that group could succeed with a with a another capable quarterback. It doesn't have to be Derek Carr. Forget the people saying that, oh, if Derek Carr leaves, Devontae Adams is gonna leave. I don't believe that for a second. I but I, I feel like if if the Raiders, and I know it's only three games left, but if the Raiders gain some momentum with their full house of pass catchers and Derek Carr in the center, why would you want to why would you not want to carry that over to the following year? Now, mm -hmm. regardless of who's the quarterback there, I'm always in the camp that even with Derek Carr being there, I would still draft the quarterback regardless because Derek Carr is not going to be around five years down the line, in my opinion. I draft the quarterback regardless. So what you would have is Derek Carr there, and then you have a quarterback behind him so that it's not like, okay, it's Derek Carr or nothing, mm -hmm. or we move on. <clears throat> you can have Derek Carr and still have his understudy under the wing where you don't have to start over right away. You can, you can have Derek Carr for another year and you can have that guy ready for the following year. If you're not completely satisfied with Carr after, after the season. So sh short answer, I'm sticking with Derek Carr gets to year 10. So then let me ask you this, Mo, because sometimes uh, decisions aren't just made based on talent or um, whether or not a quarterback has what you need, or I should say has the ability sometimes it's made upon money. Are you telling me that you believe that the Raiders could not, if they were to say, okay, we're going to trade Derek Carr, just do it, right? Um, that they could not they could not get a veteran that could, with the rest of that offensive lineup, you mentioned Renfro, Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter uh, Renfro, all those guys. Are you telling me that you don't believe that they could get another veteran to come in for less money and do a job as good as Derek Carr? Oh, I'm a, I don't want to say 
as good a job as Derek Carr, but I feel like they can get a bridge quarter. They can absolutely get a bridge quarterback who can move the ball with that unit. I mean, I, I'm in New York City, so I've watched Mike White step in. <laughs> Mike White, yeah, and and he does well with with two young receivers. He's got Garrett Wilson, who's a rookie, Elijah Moore, who originally wanted wanted out because Zach Wilson wasn't getting him the ball. Mike White puts up numbers with that with that group, and in and a defensive minded head coach. So I can imagine what Mike White could do. With an offensive head coach and the Raiders' weapons. Another guy that I liked that I mentioned while you were out, Garner Minshew, as I was given a tribute, uh, I said Garner Minshew, to me, is a starter in this league. Now, he may get a chance because Jalen Hurts is banged up, has a sprained yeah. shoulder. Yeah. But Garner Minshew, to me, if you're if you're looking for a bridge quarterback, a veteran who can push the ball down the field, Garner Minshew can do that. Do that. But the question is, if you bring in a bridge quarterback, then to me, you're getting rid of you would get rid of Carr, and you're saying, "Okay, we're going to have this bridge placeholder quarterback, and we're going to have a young, a young quarterback come, you know, come in behind him." Because yeah. I don't see the point of spending for a bridge quarterback when you're already spending on Derek Carr. So to me, is if that guy's coming in, you're definitely moving on from Derek Carr. But I yeah. will continue to say this: is that Derek Carr, him saying that he wants to retire Raider, I, I, I don't think people should underestimate that because mm. if he, if he is serious about that. And it changes it. That, that that changes the whole con- trade conversation because then yeah. that means the Raiders can't get anything for him. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of what, if they, I don't think they're going to do this, but even if they cut him, they're not going to get anything for him. No, that's why so it has to be like, a trade or nothing. Right. So it's like, if you can't get anything for Carr, then you ride it out with him for another year and you draft the guy behind him and say, look, you know, Carr, we like you, but we're bringing in this young quarterback the future, just the future. He, it, it's about the, right. It's about the future. And you, if, if cars, not satisfactory level in 2023, I know fans are going to roll their eyes. Cause they say, we saw this for nine <laughs> years, but the point is that young quarterback that you bring in may not be ready. Right. Right. No. And no. you have a team, you have a rock, you have an, at least an <clears throat> offense that could compete right now. So the point is you, you could still compete now and get that guy ready. Because if you remember, and I know this is a Raider podcast, Patrick Mahomes wasn't great out of the box. He sat for a year behind Alex Smith before he got on the field. Jalen Hurts, don't know, right? We don't now. We don't know what Patrick Mahomes would have looked like as a rookie, yeah. but he had the benefit of sitting for a year behind a capable veteran before he got out there. And I think the Raiders, if they're going to move on from Derek Carr, they can follow the same model. Right, and I think it all comes down to this. It's it's partly the money because if you even if Derek Carr retired. You're you're off the hook for the money, okay? Except for mm-hmm. for, and I think actually he'd forfeit the four million if he retired as well. Uh, but if he was cut, basically you'd have to pay him the four million. So that frees up basically thirty five million dollars, um, which you can think about signing a bridge quarterback maybe for fifteen million a year, maybe a little more than that. Plus maybe you can go spend on I don't know a free agent offensive lineman that could come in and do something originally. So so to me it go, it gets down to whether or not Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels have the confidence and want Carr around. If they want him around, I don't think there's any reason he's not back. But if they are looking long-term and say, you know what, let's get this money. We want, we have other plans for this money and we're going to move on. We're going to get a guy to come in and, and bridge it, which I know a lot of fans would not be happy with. Um, I think the, the possibility is there. I'm not saying it's going to happen, uh, but I think that it's definitely within the realm. And we don't know because we don't know what's going on inside the head of Dave Ziegler. But certainly there's a lot of, I think, What's the what's the word I'm looking for? There's a little bit of evidence, at least, that shows to me that maybe Josh McDaniels doesn't always trust his quarterback as much as you should. 
Now, I could be reading into that. I'm not a guy who hates cars, so I'm not looking for that stuff. But but I'm just saying it just looks at times that that might be part of the problem on offense too. I personally think there's a higher chance that the Raiders draft the quarterback draft. behind Derek Carr than outward, you know, just trade him. I, I just feel like with the way the team is constructed, you have mm-hmm. Devontae Adams at the height of his career. You just paid Darren Waller, who's on the other side, who's going to be on the other side of 30, has had some injury issues. Now he's still mm-hmm. got to fix up the offensive line, still got to fix up the defense. But let's let's understand that this team necessarily doesn't have, and coaches generally don't have a lot of time to start winning. So we got this year right here that's Razor probably not going to make the playoffs. So now we're going into year two. Josh McDaniels understands that he's going to have to make a leap in year two. He's going to have to win big, some big games. Leap. So yeah. So if he if he takes a step back with a young quarterback, you're thinking, okay, it, he would have to get the okay from Mark Davis that look, Mark, this is going to take not about you know, wins. Maybe, Right. This is not about wins. It's going to take three, four years. This is a rebuilding project. If yeah. he goes to Mark Davis with that plan, then I can see it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of resetting his clock and giving him more time. But if he sticks with Derek Carr or gets a bridge quarterback, he's got to win some more games now or else people are going to be looking like, okay, where, where are the wins? We got Devontae, <laughs> we got Darren Waller, we got Hunter Renfro, we paid Max Crosby, we got all these guys. We got to start winning football games. That's right. And the, and the guys that are getting older – are not getting any younger. So you have to try to win when you can. So we'll see. But I I think Darren Waller has a better chance of getting traded than Derek Carr does. So we'll see. Really quick. If the Raiders had a young roster, if the Raiders mm-hmm. had the roster of like the Jacksonville Jaguars without the quarterback, of course, or a team like the Jets, then I could see them moving on with Carr because then you could say Carr's timeline doesn't match Mesh. with yeah. the team's timeline. We have a young team. We have a quarterback who's older, been around for nearly a decade. Let's start over at the quarterback position. But the Raiders have have guys that a handful of guys they just paid. Yeah. So it makes you think that this is a this is a win now roster, not a let's step back and then step forward roster. Yes. And clearly the the win now roster was a catfish, as you said the other day on the show. (laughs) All right, we're gonna say goodbye to the Car Wars logo because now we're gonna switch subjects. I want to talk about to end the show, Mo. Uh, the Raiders defense, right? We've talked about the Raiders defense being much maligned this season for good reason in some cases, uh, including the fact that they just don't have enough talent, right? We've seen them get better up front since their rival Jerry Tillery. Bilal Nichols has performed better as of late, as has Chandler Jones, clearly. And and so they've started to put it together, I think, and they've they've grasped the system. I saw folks after the game Sunday just crapping on this defense again. And I want to go over this because I didn't even think about this and realize it. But if you look at the Raiders' last five games, you ready for this? Gave up 16 points to the Broncos, 21 to the Seahawks, then 13, 17, and 17 to the Patriots. The Raiders have only given up more than 17 points once in the last five games. So how can that be? Now, I understand the last drive against the Rams – Okay, but again, um, is this defense, with despite the lack of talent, is this defense getting markedly better um, than people are giving it credit for? 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that the defense overachieves uh-huh. when the offense is humming or not humming when the offense is is moving the ball downfield then the defense can hold its own. But once the offense goes the defense can't hold the fort down. It's not a defense that mm-hmm. you can win football games with consistently. It's a it's a defense that if the offense can keep it off the field and keep it out of pressure where you don't have to score or you don't have to hold the team under, you know, 17 points. It can win because let's let's be honest. Max Crosby is a is a top is a to me is a defensive player of the year candidate. As you said, Chandler Jones is coming on. My problem with the defense though is, and of course Denzel Perryman plays great football. I know you're a big fan of his, but my problem with the defense is that's secondary. Uh, <laughs> it's garbage. Tra- 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 Trayvon Merrick has has regressed. Big Rocky Hassan I know hasn't played last couple of games, but Sam Webb isn't a starter in this league. No. Nate Houses, as we know, has played well. Now, he has some bad games early in the season, too, but he's played well. He's a starter in this league. And Amik Robertson, I know we had him on the show. Respect to Amik, but is Amik Robertson going to be your starter for a decade? Probably no. not. You know? No. So, to me, the defense up front is decent. Mm-hmm. On the back end, needs a lot of help. Deron Harmon, another one, has made plays, but he's also made his mistakes as well, too. But I just feel like the secondary drags it down where if if you can if you have a top tier quarterback, you can cut through the Raiders defense. Now, if you have a bad offense like as the Patriots do, now you mentioned oh. a couple of teams. Look at the teams that they've held under, you know, a certain amount of points. Denver, one of the worst offenses in the league. The Patriots, one of the worst offenses in the league. The Rams, who got their quarterback 48 hours before the game. Those are the teams that the Raiders defense is is performing well against. You get a Patrick Mahomes back there. You you get a top quarterback, maybe a mobile quarterback who can give your defense fits and run the ball. The Raiders defense is in trouble. They need more playmakers. Now, is it terrible? To your point, is it terrible? No. Raiders defense is not one of the worst in the league. But it it needs some renovations and some key areas. Max Crosby needs some help. Ted Perryman needs some help. But that's why I, I said when we came on the broadcast Sunday night, me and Murph, I said, listen, the Raiders continue to fail at playing complementary football. When the defense does play well, to your point, play above their pay grade, so to speak, um, the offense craps the bed and vice versa, right? And so I think in, uh, the offense, you're right. The offense, when they do play better, it eases off the defense. The pressure eases off them so they can play a little looser, and I think they play with a little more confidence because they know their offense is out there winging the ball around. Uh, but overall, the lack of that complementary football is what ends up killing this team every every week because when they come out, the defense holds it together as best they can against this Patriots offense, which is terrible, and then the offense can't do anything in the second half. And that's why you got into the position you're in. So uh, it's one of those things where I think everybody's looking for the Raiders to to draft a quarterback early or to draft a defensive end or a tackle earlier. And I'm thinking they might draft defensive back early again. I know Raider fans, they've seen a lot of that and they've failed at it miserably the last eight years overall. 
But but there's some good kids coming out, and we're going to get into that, obviously, as we start talking about the draft. But don't be surprised if they go get a cornerback or a safety uh, in that first round. I wouldn't be surprised either because they're – I think Jonathan Gannon is of this philosophy. He builds his defense outside in. Yep. He, he, he has the belief that you have to have a strong secondary, and that helps your pass rushes because – quarterback can't just throw a quick pass because yeah. you have good coverage that's why he went out and got james bradbury that's why they paid darius slay i believe a couple of years ago they went out and, and acquired uh the safety from the saints uh chauncey garner mm-hmm. they got him from the Saints. he got hurt but he before he got hurt i believe he had five or six interceptions so there are different philosophies out there as far as patrick graham is concerned patrick graham I feel like he's the guy that that likes those defensive backs who can play multiple positions. So if I'm looking at a defensive back in the draft, and we'll get into that months down the line, but I'm looking at a defensive back who's versatile, who could, who could play on the outside, who could play safety. I think that will be the the quintessential pickup for Patrick Graham because he did have, I believe it was Xavier McKinney out of Alabama with the Giants. Mm-hmm. He was a key piece of that Giants defense when it oh, performed yeah. well because he can line up in so many spots. And the Raiders don't have that player right now. Now, I know Nate Hobbs can line up at slot and quarter, but I'm talking about a defensive back who can play safety, both safety positions, and play cornerback. The Raiders don't have that right now. Yeah, and your Jets there in New York, I mean, I know they didn't build it outside in per se, but they added Sauce Gardner this year, and he's having an amazing year. And look mm-hmm. how complete that defense is. It changes everything. So I like that approach of outside in. Uh, and the Raiders already have okay inside. I think they can do with what they have. Uh, but with draft capital that they do have, uh, they can build in all kinds of areas. But I do think that they start with a defensive back if they don't go, if they don't finish in the top eight or so or top five, which it doesn't look like they will in the NFL draft, then I would expect them to go with the defensive back because it is the most glaring need besides offensive line uh, on this team. All right, Mo, that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey podcast. Uh, By the way, Mo, when we next come together on Thursday, you're going to have to listen to my Christmas poetry. Are you ready? (laughs) I think so. Are you going to have your rainbow cake? And I probably will have my rainbow cake on Saturday, so I'm just going to miss Saturday, it. Saturday, on Christmas Eve. Saturday. Okay. I got you. By the way, we usually do our post-game show, but um, all of our families will disown us if we do a show <laughs> on Christmas Eve, especially those of us who have kids <laughs> Christmas Eve. Uh, and I think, by the way, that the, the time that the game will end in Pittsburgh will coincide with me going to church that night anyway, too. So, you know, he's, God is number one, so I'm not going to mess with him and say, hey, I got to go do a post-game show, God. Sorry, I can't be there. Uh, so we're not going to do a post-game show. So Thursday will be our last show. We might end up doing a little special for you that we're working on for Friday morning. Stand by for that one. Uh, but we will have, Twas the Night Before Raider Christmas, and I might be wearing another stupid hat. So you got to tune in and find out. If you're listening, go watch the YouTube video and you know what I'm talking about. Mo is not wearing a hat that looks like the Brooklyn Nets for once. So people will yes. not give him crap. Yes. Uh, I had to change per- the hat. Yeah, that was on purpose. I, I got sick and tired of people saying, is it, are you a Brooklyn Nets fan? How could you be a Brooklyn Nets fan and Knicks, you're a Knicks fan? So fan. I was like, let me change the hat. This is all black. It's actually the same hat as the gray one that I wear, just all black. And you just all black. Not not Brooklyn Nets colors, but I, I had to switch it up so that people had could stop asking me. 
There you go. Mo, make sure you read him up on Bleacher Report. Also, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully. And also, you got stuff coming out on Sports Knot this week. Any previews you want to give people as they head into their Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? Well, we talked a lot about Derek Carr and Chandler Jones. I have a piece up right now, actually, ah. uh, that breaks down just the just the big picture. We know what happened during the game, but I, I think it was important to highlight Carr and Jones because of the year that they've gone through. They've had a lot of criticism, and rightfully so, directed their way. And I think Saturday's win was big for them mentally because, as I said, a lot of people <clears throat> came at them with criticism, but they came through when they had to in the clutch. Neither of them, neither of them had a monster game, but when the Raiders needed to turn it around, as they haven't done so in the previous four games where they had the 13 plus point leads, they were able to get it done. The other one, I have another article coming out on Fleet Wednesday where I campaign for a specific player to be re-signed. I won't give Ooh. any hints, but I think it's clear that one player who's gonna be a free agent needs to come back and be with the Raiders in 2023. You clearly are now finally on the Alex Bars bandwagon. <laughs> no? Yes, that's, I, is that Alex Bars? I went, once oh. Alex Bars went down, I saw his replacement. I said, you know what? You can't you can't lose Alex Bars. After what we saw from Meredith and Grasso, can't get rid of Alex Bars. You got to have him. Oh happen. boy, man. I was hoping they'd get in and go in the stands because I knew Richie Incognito was at the game. I was like, could you have him on the roster? Activate him really quick because even him on a bum foot would be better than that. So <laughs> it would have been good. But make sure you read. You can find out who the free agent. See, it's called a tease, folks. Yes. Bo is teasing you. So go up sure and make sure you check out his stuff uh, today so you can read that one. All right, Mo, we will talk to you on Thursday. And by the way, if you don't know what Sloppy Joe is, that means you didn't grow up poor no i'm kidding if you don't know what sloppy <laughs> joe is please google it uh it, i don't love sloppy joe but it's a, it's a great meal when you don't have anything else left in the house Dude. it's very quick very scrumptious if you don't have sloppy it. joe i grew up i grew up eating sloppy joes i also grew up grilled cheese of course yes. also you have did you ever have fried bologna I've had fried bologna and non-fried bologna. <laughs> and not, yeah, I had a lot of, like, to me, I, one time I was, I got nostalgic, I'm at the grocery store, and I buy bologna. I bring it home, or bologna, whatever you want to call it. I bring it home, and I say, hey, kids, I got bologna. And they're like, what? What is, what, what is this? What is, because they're, uh, they're used to turkey and ham and the stuff. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, a good, a good <sighs> bologna sandwich on white Wonder Bread with some mustard. Oh. That was Scott's my childhood, kids, man. See, Scott, Scott's kids live the privileged lifestyle, so they, they didn't experience <laughs> bologna and grilled cheese. Scott, That's right. Scott, Scott does great for himself, so his kids don't have to suffer through sloppy Joe sandwiches and bologna and cheese. They they have Hispanic uh, privilege. They do. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, their mom is Hispanic, and she, she makes really good sandwiches. I don't know what to say. There you go. The Cuban sandwiches are really, really good. Uh, but, yeah, that's all good. All right, Mo. Well, listen, man, we will talk to you on Thursday as we head into the weekend. Everybody out there, we appreciate you being with us here on Silver and Black today. We are an Odyssey original podcast covering the Raiders. Make sure you subscribe wherever you can get the show, wherever you listen to audio. You'll find us there if you're watching us on YouTube. Thank you. Great chat, as always, uh, on the side of us here. Love Love, love our viewers on YouTube. Always very active, and we appreciate your support. For our producer, David Stepanian, and for Momoton, I'm Scott Branson. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Take care.